Tuning in to the 172nd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Land, as always. I want to thank you for tuning in, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or iHeartRadio. Going to have a great show for you today. Going to have my guy, Ben Karen, on the podcast. We are going to do our 20 for 20 again, as as has been the case uh, the last couple of uh Sunday uh, recording podcast, Monday releases. And for this time, for our 20 for 20, me and Ben are going to do our top 20 quarterbacks of all time. It's going to be really interesting. It's going to be great. So we're going to have that coming up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. with Barbershop Sports Talk, we have my guy, Ben Karen, host of the Sports Gobbler Podcast with us. We are continuing our 20 for 20s, not to be confused with ESPN's 30 for 30s, where Ben lists his 20, I list my 20, and the topic we have for you all this week is the top 20 quarterbacks in NFL history. So Ben, first of all, I want to ask you, how was your father's day? It was great. I got to spend some time with... Um my in-laws today and then I got to spend some time uh, with my family, my mom and dad. Um, we actually just got back from their house about an hour ago or so. So um, it was actually good that uh, we were postponed a little bit tonight. Worked out well. So definitely got to enjoy a lot of family time, which has been precious with the coronavirus. Okay. And Ben, you're going to be a father soon too, so you can get ready for all those Father's Day gifts, right? In a couple of years? Any any day now. Any day now. I'm looking forward to cashing in, though. I kind of wish he was already here, so I could have cashed in this year. Oh, oh, the baby's due. It's June when the baby's due? I thought it was July. July 3rd. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so 4th of July is going to be interesting for you. <laughs> and, yeah, most definitely. Now... Like I said, we're doing our 20 for 20. We're going to do the top 20 quarterbacks of all time. So, Ben, I'm going to let you take the floor and go first. Who is your 20th best quarterback of all time? The guy I chose at number 20 is Fran Tarkenton. Uh, he played for the Minnesota Vikings. Best known for making the Super Bowl and losing uh, all three times. Um, didn't know a lot about him until I went to the Football Hall of Fame a few years ago, but uh, he was a league MVP in 1975. Career winning record, 53%, but uh, he's a nine-time pro bowler. And, um, you know, had a really good uh, 342 to 266 touchdown to interception ratio, which is kind of hard to find uh, for some of these older quarterbacks. I like that pick. Now, for me at number 20, I have Phil Sims. I think Phil Sims is one of the most underrated quarterbacks of all time. I think he's criminally underrated. Uh, and I think he was better than Eli, in my personal opinion, peak for peak. But that's a whole other discussion. A two-time Super Bowl champion. He beat my Bills in their first Super Bowl. Uh, the Norwood uh, missed field goal kick. He was a part of that game. Uh, had a lot of success being in New York City as the Giants quarterback. Big guy, strong arm, and had a lot of success in the league. I have Phil Sims at number 20. And he should be a Hall of Famer, by the way, as well. That's a good pick, and that's a pick I thought long and hard about putting on my list. So as we move into number 19 here um, on my list, he's actually, in a, in a lot of ways, um, compared to Phil Sims because they played on the same team and uh, the very controversial pick of Eli Manning 
Uh, a lot of people um, you know, kind of hate on him with that uh, 500 career record, which is not really that impressive. Uh, but he, he is a two-time Super Bowl champion. He's a four-time Pro Bowler. And, uh, you know, also the touchdowns to interceptions ratio, pretty good, 366 to 244. And he has that third all-time most consecutive starts, uh, 210. And, uh, you know, I talked to my father about this pick because he's a, a huge New York Giants fan. And he told me that he felt that Eli Manning was the best quarterback to ever play for the New York Giants. Um, so, Eli Manning, number 19. Your dad thinks Eli's better than Phil Simms? That is, that is correct. And, you know, I think especially when you, when you look at um, beating Brady twice in the Super Bowl, because we know that uh, his his overall career wasn't that impressive, but the uh, the two Super Bowl runs um, really kind of stand out. Now, for me, at number nineteen, I have your guy, a late addition. I put him on my list. I just had to, Russell Wilson. He's a guy that can really climb up in this list. And when it's all said and done, he could easily end up being in the top ten. He might be in the top ten for you, Ben. I don't know, but we'll see about that. But uh, he's been to two Super Bowls. He's won one. He's putting up amazing stats and statistics, both rushing and passing. Really, there's only a couple things that's missing. I I think if he gets another Super Bowl or two, we're going to start talking about him in a different regard. Also, he hasn't necessarily won that MVP, which he was in the conversation with for Lamar Jackson all of last year. So I, I think Russell has a lot of room to go, and in a couple, in four or five years, we could be talking about Russell Wilson being in that pantheon. I couldn't agree with you more. I think there's still a lot of um, games left for him in his career, and a lot of really good opportunity for advancement. And I do think if he wins another Super Bowl ring, we will be talking about him in an entirely different light. Now, you at 18, Ben. Number 18, a guy that you are undoubtedly very familiar with, Jim Kelly. A lot of people think he is the best quarterback to ever play for the Buffalo Bills. Um, he went to the Super Bowl four times. Unfortunately, he was never able to um, bring that championship home to Buffalo. Um, but he does have a really nice career record, 101-59. Is five-time Pro Bowler and uh, 237 touchdowns to 175 interceptions. So pretty solid numbers all the way around. Yeah, Jim Kelly, uh, obviously he's great, and he's going to come up for me very soon too, so I kind of want to hold off what I have to say. But uh, maybe the best, one of the best players in franchise history for the Bills, obviously, since he's left, the Bills haven't been able to find a placeholder for him. So that just shows the impact he's made, and I think he's done a lot of uh, revolutionary stuff that we'll never see in the NFL again, but I'll get to that when I have Jim Kelly. But for me at 18, I have a contemporary of uh, Jim Kelly, and it was really tough to have him this low, but I just had to. Uh, Troy Aikman. Now, Troy, three-time Super Bowl champion, uh, was part of the most dynastic teams in NFL history, the Dallas Cowboys of the 90s. Him, you have Michael Irvin, you have Emmitt Smith. And he wasn't the most spectacular guy, but he was a winner and he knew how to get the ball to the playmaker, Michael Irvin. He knew how to hand the ball off to Emmitt Smith. And he was very good at making the most of the talent he had around him, and they were a team that was loaded. So I have Jim, uh, excuse me, Troy Aikman at number 18. Yeah, it's a good pick. Uh, And Troy is definitely going to be coming up on my list too, and I would just second everything you said. Just an all-around solid quarterback, a guy that can get the job done, and a real winner. And I know a hero um, in the eyes of a lot of Texans from my time down there. So great uh, selection, Daryl, in the Aikman. Number 17 for me is probably, in my opinion, the the better quarterback to never win a Super Bowl, and that would be Dan Marino. Um, He he made the Super Bowl once and lost to the 49ers uh, in that dynasty, but he was a league MVP uh, in 1984, um, and he was also the first quarterback in history to throw for 60,000 yards. Uh, He's a nine-time Pro Bowler, 
three-time NFL touchdown passing leader, and I mean, just incredible touchdown to interception ratio of 420 touchdowns to 252 interceptions. Uh, Dan Marino, my opinion, the best quarterback to never win a Super Bowl. Ben, I feel like you have Marino a little low. <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard to put him higher um, with only one Super Bowl appearance and, and no ring. I do think, in, in my rating, that counts. No, I know I got you. I'll, I'll have uh, Marino a little bit higher. But uh, for me at 17, I have the guy you just talked about, Jim Kelly. He went to four straight Super Bowls. Something that will never happen again. New And it's oddly enough, New England had the opportunity to do what the Buffalo Bills did this year when New England could have gone to their fourth Super Bowl. And what, it would have, and what would have made that even so much more spectacular about what the Bills did is New England would have won three out of four, or at least uh, two out of four, right? Uh, but they ended up doing that, and they did not end up uh, doing what the Bills did, which kind of shows how amazing that Buffalo Bills run was. That even the Patriots, as dynastic as dynastic as they have been, couldn't even get the four straight Super Bowls. But in terms of revolutionary, him and Marv Levy with the uh, K-Gun offense, the points they put on the board, and he had a lot of bad luck. I, I think he he overlapped with Troy Aikman's Dallas Cowboys, who are probably one of the five greatest teams ever to play in football. When you have the triplets and that offensive line. And Jimmy Johnson and just couldn't get over the hump there. You know, the field goal with the New York Giants. So I think a little bit of bad luck to where maybe if they're in a different time, a different era, we think of Jim Kelly and those Bills teams a little bit differently. Yeah, 100%. I, I think every once in a while there are certain teams that you'll see in history that, that are really good, but they, they just run up against a really elite dynasty. And I kind of feel like that's what happened to the Bills under Jim Kelly. They just could never quite get by that buzzsaw that was the, the, the 90s Dallas Cowboys. Now for you at 16, Ben? At 16, I have Bart Starr. He, uh, he won the first two Super Bowls, 62% winning percentage in the NFL. Uh, he was the league MVP in 1966. He's a four-time Pro Bowler. He had a pass completion percentage um, around 57%, and also the uh, 152 touchdowns, the 138 interceptions. Not great, but given the fact that he played at Lambeau Field, given the fact that, quite frankly, in the past, um, some some of these statistics related to touchdowns, interceptions weren't. Um, well, maybe as important as we see them today, um, I give Bart Starr a nod at 16. Now, for me at 16, I have Warren Moon. He went to nine Pro Bowls, had a first-team All-Pro, won the NFL uh, Offensive Player of the Year, won an, won an MVP, had a very good career, ended up going to Canada, ended up coming back to the NFL and having uh, a lot of success. I have Warren Moon at uh, 16. And I think he's a guy that people forget about how good he was at his peak. He was a really good player. He is a player I considered putting on the list. The only thing that I that, that I just couldn't get around with Warren Moon was simply the fact that he's only one game above 500 uh, for his career. Now, I, I can look past that with Eli Manning because he has two Super Bowl rings. Um, but for Warren Moon, no rings and you're one game above 500. It's kind of a deal breaker for me. Now, 15 for you, Ben? 15, I have Drew Brees. So, of course, he won the Super Bowl and he got to New Orleans not too long after Hurricane Katrina, and he kind of lifted that team. And even to this day, I mean, people think about it. People say New Orleans Saints, and you think about Drew Brees immediately. Uh, so he really had a, a tremendous impact on that city. Um, his career record, 163-111, and 111, is pretty good. 13-time uh, Pro Bowler, most career passing yards of all time most career passing touchdowns of all time at 547. 
And, uh, you know, touchdown to interception ratio, 547 to 237. And she has a 67.6% passing completion statistic. So when, when it's all said and done, um, Drew could be a lot higher on this list. Uh, had things maybe gone a little bit differently for him in the playoffs the last few years, because I think that to some degree is beginning to tarnish his reputation. But he's still a very good quarterback who has that Super Bowl ring, and he has a lot of other records right now. Um, he unfortunately uh, does not have the MVP um, award, uh, but who knows? You know, there's still time. Maybe he can pick up the MVP and another championship with a really good season. Yeah, and Ben, I think what's really interesting, too, I'm a little shocked that you have Breeze this low. Uh, spoiler alert, I have Breeze kind of low, too. I, I feel like a lot of people think Breeze is a top-ten quarterback, and I think it's very refreshing that you kind of are at least on the same wavelength with me on this, that he's not. I think sometimes stats are misleading, and, you know, they play backyard football over there in New Orleans, and Sean Payton, and, and a lot of those yards can be mis- misleading sometimes. But nonetheless, Drew Breeze is great. And I think maybe sometimes what hurts him in the discussion is his career overlapped with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Brett Favre, guys that kind of played in his era, right? So I think that's what hurts him a little bit. But uh, Drew Brees is fabulous. Who do you uh, you have at 15? I have Kurt Warner, the greatest show on turf. Kurt Warner has one of the most interesting careers in NFL history for a quarterback. The guy is undrafted. We talk about people missing out on Brady. Brady was at least drafted. He was a six-round pick. For God's sake, Kurt Warner was doing groceries for a while. <clears throat> right? <laughs> Kurt Warner didn't have a job. Kurt Warner goes to the St. Louis Rams and has one of the most iconic teams ever. Him, Marshall Falk, Tory uh, Holt, Isaac Bruce. They win a Super Bowl. Then they're back in the Super Bowl again, and they lose to what would end up being the greatest dynasty in NFL history with Brady and Belichick, and they struggled. But then when you look at Kurt Warner, he loses out to Mark Bolger. Then he leaves. He goes to the Giants. He's a backup for Eli Manning. Then he goes to the Cardinals. Matt Leinart gets hurt. Then he's inserted back in, and he takes the team as an aging quarterback to a Super Bowl. And if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't throw the great fade route in the end zone to Santonio Holmes, then we're talking about Kurt Warner winning two out of three Super Bowls. So I think Kurt Warner has one of the most interesting and underrated careers in NFL history as a quarterback. He's won an MVP, revolutionary offense. Need I say more? Second everything that you said, uh, there's going to be a whole lot more coming from me on Kurt Warner in a little bit. Now 14 for you, Ben? 14 is where I have my guy, Russell Wilson. He has the one Super Bowl championship, and he has the additional appearance where they lost by inches to the Patriots. I think I'm just starting to maybe come out of the trauma of that. Um, You know, here in 2020, um, gosh, that's a terrible memory for me. (laughs) I was... um, I was living with my buddy at the time, and he is a Patriots fan. And yeah, just having to hear about it um, was, was was really terrible. Ben, but, can you um, des- can you describe your facial reaction when you see that uh, <laughs> the, the the interception? Oh, I mean, it, it was just um, it, it was like just biting into like a fruit that's rotten or something like that. My face just flinched all up. I mean, it was it's just a terrible feeling. I. I I don't even want to relive it, but um, yeah. <laughs> at any rate, moving past that, um, Russell Wilson has put together a really impressive career, and he has a 66% uh, winning percentage in the NFL. He's a seven-time pro bowler. He has a career passer rating of 101.2, and he has 227 touchdowns to 68 interceptions. Now, he doesn't have the MVP yet. He finished uh, second place, I think, in voting for that last year. But he has a lot of time left. And I, I really think that in the next couple of years, he's going to be in the, in the MVP discussion again. And I think he moves up the list drastically if he can get an MVP, if he can win a couple more Super Bowls. Even one more, I think, would elevate him quite a bit. He's just – he's a winner – He's a great football player. 
He seems to elevate the guys around him, and, and you can just tell some of these guys on this list, they've had tremendous offensive weapons to work with, not necessarily the case so much for Russell Wilson. And it's interesting too, Ben. I, I've never asked you about this, but I want your thought on this. To me, Russell Wilson has a chance to have a Ben Roethlisberger-esque career because the way both their careers started, going to defensive-oriented teams, they won early, and then as they get older, they transition into these offensive superstars. Yes, I think there's a lot of similarities there. Although, I, I personally, I favor Russell a little bit more. I think he's a better leader than Ben Roethlisberger. And... Russell, um, I think Russell, to me, I think he throws a better football than Russell. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Uh, for me, at number and but they and they both have had bad offensive lines too. My my lord, have mercy. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Russell Wilson is like running for his life all the time. Now for He's me like at magician. now for me at number fourteen, I have Bart Starr. One of the he he gets forgotten because when we talk about Packers quarterbacks, we think of Aaron Rodgers, we think of Brett Favre, we even uh, think of uh, Vince Lombardi when we're talking about the Packers. Everybody talks about Vince Lombardi, and Bart Starr isn't always necessarily the first name that you think of, but had a really good career, 104 passer rating. He was nine and one in the postseason, which is really impressive, and it's kind of. Tom Brady, Joe Montana, ask for the time. So at number 14, I have Bart Starr. All right. Um, to follow up on that, on my end of things, um, a guy that's from the same team that Bart Starr is from, number 13 for me, is one of my favorite players of all time, Brett Favre. Uh, so he won uh, his uh, Super Bowl championship in the 90s. And I uh, finished uh, with a career record of 186 and 112. And just one thing that's really special about Favre is he just kind of dominated the league from like 95 to 97. Uh, he won three back-to-back-to-back MVPs. And he's an 11-time Pro Bowler. And another thing that really sticks out to me 321 consecutive starts, which is the equivalent of 18 and a half years of not missing a game, which is probably the greatest Ironman streak that we're ever going to see in any sport. And and just to top it off, because I know people think about him as a gunslinger, um, he did have a pretty good completion percentage at about 62% for his career. And then he had 508 touchdowns to 336 interceptions. I think Brett Favre's actual ability to throw the football accurately is underappreciated by some. I I, I agree with you. I, I'm gonna have Brett Favre much higher on my list. Uh, yo, you're always gonna get something exciting when you saw Brett Favre play. Either it was gonna be a touchdown pass or it, it was gonna be a pick. But I think also the greatness with Brett Favre, besides the spectacular plays. Uh, just the the interest that surrounded him, right? The flamboyantness. I, I think you see, speaking of Father's Day, his father dies and he has one of the greatest, I believe, Monday Night Football games ever. Uh, he also played in the NFL for a long time and played very well for a long time. And when we talk about guys like Brady and Brees, Brett Favre kind of did it that way before they did. And he never missed the start. He was always there and he was tough as nails. So I agree with you with Brett Favre. He continued to have a pretty good career with Minnesota Vikings for a while, too. A lot of people forget that he was an overtime against Drew Brees and the Saints away from going back to the Super Bowl with the Vikings. Now, for me at number 13, I have Roger Staubach, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. And quick fun fact, Ben, guess what Roger Staubach's net worth is? $600 million. Oh, wow. I was way off. And, Ben, I, I can't understand how. The time he played, I, I guess that's the magic of being a Dallas Cowboy. Uh, <laughs> but for a person that played in the NFL back in those days, that's very impressive. Very. Now, anyway, Roger Staubach, uh, 
Super Bowl champion. Uh, had a very good career. He went to five straight Pro Bowls. He also uh, Super Bowl MVP, six-time Pro Bowler, uh, second-team All-Pro, NFL Man of the Year, and uh, he was also a Heisman Trophy winner, too, which I'm just looking at right now. So I have Roger Staubach at number 13. And, and it's also hard when you talk about Staubach and also guys like Bart Starr and even United, so I'm going to have a little bit up because those guys, they played just in a completely different era. But uh, I have Staubach at 13. Yeah, he's a great, great player, and um, he'll definitely be making an appearance on my list as well. I'll save some of my commentary for when he shows up. Um, Number 12 on my list is Aaron Rodgers. And I I know a lot of people kind of go back and forth, you know, especially since Mike McCarthy recently got a job with the Cowboys, and I know Colin Coward has been doing a segment. Uh, last week, you know, we'll soon know, was it more um, McCarthy, was it more Rodgers, you know, who's more responsible for this success. Um, but I think Rodgers is a really good quarterback, and that's why he's number 12 on my list, you know, just that one uh, Super Bowl championship, um, but the winning percentage uh, for his career is pretty good, 123-68-1. He's a two-time league MVP, won in both 2011 and 2014 eight-time pro bowler, and, uh, you know, his uh, kind of claim to fame is the the, um, the passer rating, and he has a career passer rating right now, 102.4, um, which might be the greatest passer rating of all time. However, I know we were talking about Russell Wilson is just under that marker. Um, Rodgers completing uh, for his career 64.6% of his passes, and uh, 364 touchdowns to 84 interceptions. Uh, so he really makes responsible decisions for the football. I, I do fear for him, though, that, um, that he's going to be severely undervalued if he doesn't win another championship. I already feel like, you know, he's kind of in that same category with, with Drew Brees, where he's maybe just trying to survive and hold on to his legacy rather than, than take the opportunity with the time he has left and build it. And the words of Stephen A. Smith, he's a bad man. He is a bad man. He's not top ten bad quite yet. <laughs> he's in the discussion. <laughs> now for me at number 12, I have Steve Young. He also has one of the highest passer ratings of all time, and I believe he had the highest passer rating ever uh, when he retired, and obviously Rodgers and Russell Wilson have both kind of surpassed that. Uh, One of the first kind of dual-threat quarterbacks he could run, he could pass. He won a Super Bowl. He also replaced the guy that I know is going to be very high on your list and the guy that's going to be very high on my list, and uh, number 16, Joe Montana. And he lived in that shadow, and he succeeded, and he thrived. So I have Steve Young at number 12, and he's very underrated, too. People don't realize how good he is because of, you know, Joe Montana's kind of over him in that aspect. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That, that's a very um, a very good selection, and he'll definitely be on my list also. Um, number 11 is a guy uh, that you've already mentioned on your list. I'm a little bit higher than you, Kurt Warner. Obviously, uh, just the one lone Super Bowl championship with the Rams, with the time were St. Louis Rams. Uh, then he went back to the Super Bowl with the St. Louis Rams and lost a Super Bowl on a last-second field goal by the Patriots, Adam Vinatieri, and then lost another Super Bowl last minute with Arizona Cardinals when Big Ben hit Antonio Holmes in the end zone at the end of that game. Um... But, you know, a lot of people, they talk about how accurate Aaron Rodgers is as a passer. But Kurt Warner was like was like the Aaron Rodgers before there was Aaron Rodgers. Um, 65.5% uh, for his career uh, as far as um, passing completion. He was a three-time three NFL completion percentage leader, and he dominated from about 1999 to 2001 in that um, time frame on this statistic. He's a league MVP in 1999. And uh, 67 and 49 on uh, the regular season, 
which is not that impressive. But then you look at the postseason, and uh, nine and four in the postseason for Kurt Warner, which is sixty-nine percent of those games he's winning. And I think he, in my estimation, is probably the most accurate quarterback that I've ever seen play. Uh, and when you couple all of it with that story that you are talking about, about him bagging groceries, he's playing in the Euro League, and, and then one day it's like he just burst onto the scene in the NFL. Nobody, uh, nobody's ever heard of him before, but but there he was. So Kurt Warner, very impressive career, very interesting career uh, at number eleven. Now for me at number eleven, I'm going to have a guy that you could argue is the most accurate quarterback of all time as well. Drew Brees, uh, you you kind of expanded on what he did earlier, but I'll just uh, to give some more points. Most one of the most prolific quarterbacks ever. We talk about you know your guy Kurt Warner and the greatest show on turf. That's kind of what Drew Brees and Sean Payton are uh, re- recreating right now with the uh, with the yards and the offense they put up there in the in the Superdome. He's won a Super Bowl. Won a Super Bowl MVP. He beat Peyton Manning head to head, which I don't think a lot of uh, enough people say uh, and realize. He also was in the thick of an MVP race with a guy in Patrick Mahomes, who will probably be on this list in short order in a couple of years. And uh, he just lost out to the MVP to him. And who knows when it's all said and done? Maybe Patrick Mahomes is number one, right? Uh, so I think, and also we always talk about Brady and how well he's playing into his age. Drew Brees is just as old as Brady, and Drew Brees is playing just as well. Uh, I have Drew Brees at number 11. Great points, Daryl. And, and I, I really like the point about how you mentioned how well Drew Brees has been able to perform. Even as he gets older, he seems to be able to kind of adjust his game. And Sean Payton and the Saints have kind of adjusted around him, too. Um, and and he still continues to be relevant. Um, it, it's such an old age, and I think that that's just um, a, another testament to how great of a quarterback he is. Now, we're going to take a quick break, and then kind of next after the break, we're going to get into our Pantheon, the top 10, me and Ben Karen, cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports, like we still have Ben Karen with us, host of the Sports Grappler podcast. We are doing our 20 for 20 top quarterbacks of all time. We just went through our 11 to 20th, and now we're going to get into our pantheon, Ben, our 10 to 1. And I'm going to start it off at number 10. I have Big Ben Roethlisberger. Ben is a guy that could, and honestly, if Ben wins another Super Bowl at his advanced age, he could end up catapulting himself a little much higher but he has two Super Bowl rings a Super Bowl MVP he's missing an MVP but you know it's not from a lack of trying I mean he, he it's kind of the Drew B situation when you overlap with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady it's, it's hard to win MVPs but he's been very successful he's a winner he's been able to kind of evolve throughout his career kind of Brady-esque and kind of mention how Russell Wilson did the same you're on a defensive-oriented team. As the team needs you to do more, he is able to do more. Uh, cannon from an arm. And I think the Steelers uh, did a bad job at first putting an offensive line around him. Ben used to take hit after hit after hit. And he would just pad the ball, pad the ball, trying to trying to make things happen. And they eventually got an offensive line around him. They got in their receiver situation in order. Uh, but I have Big Ben at number 10. Uh, what a coincidence. I also have Big Ben at number 10. Um, a lot of stuff you already mentioned, you know, um, the two-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, he made an additional appearance, by the way, and lost to Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. So he's been a total of three times. Uh, yes, uh, very impressive, uh, 157, 79, and 1 career record, which shakes out to about 66%. Um, 363 touchdowns to 191 interceptions and a 94 career passer rating. Uh, so not bad. 
Um, I think that um, if it was to ever capture an MVP, that could help his case, or even win the third Super Bowl. Um, I feel like in some ways, we're kind of in the same kind of category as like a Drew Brees and an Aaron Rodgers, where he had the success kind of earlier in his career, and, 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 and now it's a, it feels like, especially for Ben Roethlisberger, like he hasn't even been relevant in the Super Bowl um, discussion here in almost a decade, uh, that maybe, um, you know, that's going to end up hurting his legacy some. That, and I know there's also been some people that have been critical of his leadership style as far as calling out teammates and things like that. Um, he had a couple of really talented players around him. You know, he wasn't really able to foster those relationships. I, I won't hold the Antonio Brown thing against him. I mean, Tom Brady and um, John Gruden and, uh, and other very well-respected players weren't able to do that either. Um, but he just seems like there's always a kind of an air of, like, caution around him. Um, people are always kind of questioning his leadership. But just with the with the numbers and the statistics that are in front of me, I mean, certainly a top-ten quarterback. Now, Ben, my question for you would be, if Big Ben is able to win a third Super Bowl, how high does that put him? Because then that would put him in rarefied air. Once you win three, I mean... Uh, not a lot of men can say they've done that in the NFL's history. I'm not sure that it would be enough for me to catapult him into the top five, um, but I think for me that might be able to boost him up into like somewhere from six to eight range on my list rather than ten. And it's also interesting, too, that we both have Big Ben ahead of Drew Brees, which I think is a kind of misconception. I feel like a lot of people always talk about how Drew Brees would be better in terms of the, them being contemporaries, but I but I think it's interesting that we both have Ben Roethlisberger ahead of Drew Brees. Well, three Super Bowls is pretty impressive. That is true. That is that is very true. You can't argue with rings. Now, for me at number nine, I have Johnny Unitas. And honestly, I mean, you could make an argument. Some old-timers might make the argument. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. And I won't argue necessarily with that because I wasn't alive when he was playing, when it was like in the 50s or whatever. I wasn't even a twinkle in my parents' eyes yet. Uh, I'm pretty sure my parents were children during then. I don't know the math on that. But Johnny Unitas, very accomplished. When he retired, he had every every major passing record in NFL history. He won a Super Bowl. And is a guy that I think deserves to be on this list given his accomplishments. At number nine, I have Johnny Unitas. Yeah, that's a really good selection. I know my father, uh, talking with him, was very high on Johnny Unitas. Uh, he was not, um, you know, I never got a chance to watch him play either. He's well before my time. Um, and, and I think one thing that always makes it tricky with quarterbacks in his era is that he even, he even played most of his career prior to the Super Bowl era. Um, kind of winning the Super Bowl near the end of his career within the Super Bowl era. Uh, so it's just really hard to compare up against some of these other guys, I think. Um, but all the old-timers I talked to, um, you know, there were two thumbs up for Johnny United. Now for you at number nine, Ben? Um, at number nine, I'm going to go with Captain America, Roger Staubach, um, two-time Super Bowl champion. A very impressive career record of 85 and 29, um, which is, you know, almost the 75% winning record in the uh, NFL. Six-time Pro Bowler and uh, another 153 touchdowns to 109 interceptions. And, you know, from, from what I have heard and read about with Roger Staubach, because he was another quarterback from before my time, was it was almost just like they'd never seen another player as watches him. He was a player that, you know, even decades later, people are still talking about, wow, Roger Staubach was clutch. If the game was on the line and they were behind by three points, but they had the ball, the game was over. You know, uh, so he's, he's pretty high on my list, and I do think it's always uh, difficult being uh, quarterback uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, because I think you put under a magnifying glass, and this guy really performed well and I think he could have been even higher on this list had he played for a longer period of time. I agree with you. I second everything you just said. Now, for me at number eight, I have Brett Favre. 
You you already mentioned him, Ben. You had him a little bit lower. I have Brett Favre much higher. Uh, one of the most spectacular quarterbacks ever. The Iron Man streak is very impressive. And people forget about this, and you mentioned this. They were an overtime win. An overtime. 15 minutes of football away from beating the New Orleans Saints, who would end up winning the Super Bowl that year against the Indianapolis Colts, led by Peyton Manning and Jim Codwell. And during that game, Brett Favre took a beating from hell, as it was the Bounty Gate Saints. And some people make the case Brett Favre fell off that year. That was the reason. Brett Favre, he's tough as nails. He's a guy that you know he's always going to show up and he's going to play, even though he might say he's going to retire 15,000 different times. But when he shows up, he's going to play. And he won three Super Bowl, I mean, excuse me, three straight MVP awards, which is crazy, which is a crazy peak for a quarterback and a player in any sport to win three straight MVPs. Well, and, and, and the story for Brett Favre, Brett Favre was always entertaining, whether it was on the football field or doing an interview. Um, you know, my, probably my favorite all-time Brett Favre interview uh, was when they were down in Mississippi and he's on a tractor and they're asking him about whether he's going to come back. Uh, and then he did end up coming back and he, uh, he took the Vikings to the NFC Championship game. Um, People also forget when they're talking about Brett Favre that he, he's actually been to the Super Bowl um, a second time as well. I ran into uh, John Elway and then the Broncos. Uh, that game was kind of brutal for him, but um, he, he's either he's been close or he's been in the Super Bowl quite a few times. I think he also lost to Eli Manning and the Giants in overtime in an NFC Championship game as well. Yeah. Now, who do you have, Ben, at number eight? At number eight, um, guy you had a little bit lower, I'm a little bit higher, Troy Aikman, another all-time great Dallas Cowboy, uh, three-time Super Bowl champion. I had a lot of help, but he, he did get the job done. He was a winner. Um, 94 and 71 lifetime, um, six-time pro bowler, uh, completion percentage of 61.5, and then you also have the um, 165 touchdowns to 141 interceptions, which, you know, that coupled with uh, no MVP awards, I think kind of hurts Aikman to some degree. Um, but I also have to look at his career, and I know he had to retire earlier than he wanted to due to the concussion. Um, and, and I just... He's almost, in some ways, like an enigma, like Michael Jordan was when he retired in 1998. You just have to wonder, if Aikman didn't hang it up so early, could he have maybe won another Super Bowl? Could he have maybe captured an MVP? Um, so I like Troy Aikman with what he has done at number eight on my list, but I think he could have been higher, potentially. If Aikman wins a fourth Super Bowl, is he in your top five? Yes. Ben, you love rings. I respect that, Ben. Everybody likes a little jewelry. Now, Well, the other thing with Aikman, too, before we go on, is, you know, he was very dominant, too. I mean, he made six Pro Bowls in a row from 91 to 96. No, that's true. That is true. Now, for me, at number seven, I'm going to have a guy that has one more ring than Troy Aikman, Terry Bradshaw. Uh, four Super Bowl rings, is the first quarterback in NFL history to have four Super Bowl rings. He did it before Brady. He did it before Montana. Part of that steel curtain team, uh, big, strong, cannon for an arm. And I think kind of what hurts him when we talk about the discussions of greats is it's the era he played in. It wasn't as offensive. You could lay out quarterbacks. You could touch receivers. It was a very violent and almost different game. Uh, which I think hurts his stats, but Terry Bradshaw was great at the time and was really the best quarterback of Zara. So I have Terry Bradshaw at number seven. Yeah, very respectable pick, and he will be higher up on my list. Number seven for me, another guy that you already mentioned, Daryl, Steve Young. I think any time that you have to stand in the shadow of a legend like Joe Montana and you still come out and you still deliver a Super Bowl, uh, that is pretty impressive. And technically speaking, Young was a three-time Super Bowl champion. Um, you know, he, he played some games um, for, for Coach Walsh. Um, you know, so 
he was still an important part of this era um, in the 49ers dynasty, even if he wasn't always considered uh, the guy the way uh, Joe Cool was. Um, Steve Young, 94 and 49 career record, so he, he had about 65.7% uh, winning record. Um, league MVP in 92 and 94, so two-time MVP. And then you look at some of these other numbers, and these are just incredible. Six-time NFL passer rating leader, four-time NFL touchdown leader, five-time NFL completion leader, seven-time Pro Bowler, and then you have the 232 touchdowns to 107 interceptions. So although he only started in one Super Bowl, I'm going Steve Young with number seven. Now for me, at number six, I'm going to go with the guy you had way lower. I'm a little shocked you had this guy lower. And I know, Ben, you like rings. This guy has no rings, but I think he was spectacular nonetheless. Dan Marino. One of the most impressive things about Dan Marino is that he threw for 5,000 yards in an era, and we just talked about with Terry Bradshaw. Marino played in a little bit of a different era, but you could hit the quarterback, you know. If you're a receiver and you go over the middle, you're getting decapitated. And he was ahead of his time with over 5,000 yards. That is the single most impressive thing ever. To me, it's more impressive than when Brady did it. I believe a couple other quarterbacks have done it. Drew Brees has done it a couple times. Just because of the physicality and how different the game was. Uh, He was a nine-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro, five-time second-team All-Pro, Offensive Player of the Year. And the only thing he's missing from being in the top five for me is a Super Bowl uh, but other than that, statistically dominant, particularly in the era, and it makes you think, what would he do if he was in the NFL now? Yeah, that, that is a great point. Uh, Dan Marino was just a stat machine uh, throughout his entire career. It is unfortunate that uh, that he wasn't able to capture that Super Bowl ring, but he is still a great player, a Hall of Famer, um, and probably one of the, the best quarterbacks of of all time. Now, Ben, who do you have? Uh, number six, I'm going to go with another Miami Dolphin, and that guy would be Bob Greasy. So he's a uh, two-time Super Bowl champion, and he also appeared in one additional Super Bowl that they lost, so he went three times. Um, and he was um, a part of that 1972 undefeated Dolphins team the starting quarterback that year. He won league MVP uh, in 1971, so he has one of those. And he has a 62% winning percentage in the NFL. He's a six-time Pro Bowler, and he has uh, 192 touchdowns to 172 interceptions. Uh, so, you know, maybe not the most staggering numbers, but when you're a, a significant contributor on a team that goes undefeated and wins the Super Bowl, uh, you, know, you know, that kind of puts you up into that upper echelon. Um, we've only seen a team go undefeated for the regular season twice in the entire history of the Super Bowl era. And uh, Bob Greasy uh, and the team he played for was the only one of those two teams that actually got the job done. Now, for me at number five, I'm going to have He's a Bad Man. Aaron Rodgers, I I think, and you had Aaron Rodgers much lower, but I just think the talent is undeniable. He has a Super Bowl ring, unlike Marino. And Aaron is the greatest star of the football. I I think, Ben, you would agree with me that we've ever seen. Maybe Patrick Mahomes will have something to say about that when it's all said and done. And hell, maybe Marino has something to say about that too. But Aaron Rodgers clearly... It's what makes him different from a lot of other guys. The athleticism, the arm, the accuracy. And he hasn't been in the best situation with Green Bay. There's been times where they've neglected skill position players. I think there's a crazy stat that when they drafted up the quarterback from Utah, Jordan Love, that was the first time in like the last decade that the Green Bay Packers had selected an offensive player. So they haven't selected in the first round a receiver, a running back, or an offensive lineman. It was a quarterback to eventually replace Aaron Rodgers, which kind of puts in perspective how he's been working behind the eight ball a little bit. But he won a Super Bowl. He lit up the Pittsburgh Steelers with guys like James Harrison and Troy Polamalu and uh, the best defense in the NFL at the time, and just absolutely lit them up. 
He had that 15-1 season that he ended up losing to Eli Manning. But hell, Eli Manning beats a lot of great quarterbacks in big moments. Ask Tom Brady. He also, and Ben, you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, so you remember this, that onside kick in 2014 in a game that probably the Packers should have won. And if you play that, if you play those that fourth quarter over again 10 different times, the Packers probably win six out of four times. I don't think you would even agree with that, Ben. But I have Aaron yeah, Rodgers. But I, I enjoyed it a great deal. <laughs> but I have Aaron Rodgers at number five. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely see why people rank him a little bit higher uh, than I might. You know, I, I would agree. I think the talent is undeniable. And the question is, though, you know, what point in time does that talent have to start translating to, you know, um, some of those championship runs? Um that and just with all the questions about his leadership capabilities that have been called um, into question lately, I think that kind of reflects on maybe a little bit negative, and some people start to wonder whether there's better leaders uh, than Aaron Rodgers, which I think leadership and leadership follows should be part of that quarterback discussion. But as far as just the raw talent, the mobility, the arm strength, the accuracy, all rolled together, um, Aaron Rodgers is one of a kind quarterback. Well, maybe two of a kind now that Mahomes has arrived, but um, a real rarity. You don't see a guy like Aaron Rodgers every day. Now for you, Ben? Uh, number five for me is going to be Terry Bradshaw, a guy that was just, you know, like you had already mentioned, just tough as nails, playing in a really um, tough, aggressive era of football. Um... He is a four-time Super Bowl champion, undefeated 4-0. Had a career record that's really impressive of 107-51. And and he was a league MVP in 1978. Um, And he's a three-time Pro Bowler. Now, people are going to look at some of his stats. Uh, They weren't always the prettiest. Uh, You know, the passing completion form was just 52%. But it was a different era of football. And I think Bradshaw had his um, his style as a quarterback kind of defined by that era. And I understand that, you know, in comparison to some other quarterbacks, he might not have had to do quite as much because uh, he did have that steel curtain defense. But when you are a four-time Super Bowl champion, uh, you earn my respect big time. And I think it's also important to remember only three men in the history of the NFL have won four Super Bowls. And two of those men are going to be much higher on your list, I assume. But the same with me. So that's also what makes it impressive that Terry Bradshaw did it. Yes. Now, for me at number four, and I believe that these, and we have the same top four, I would agree. The numbers might be a little bit different, but we have the same names, right, Ben? The top four? I, I think so, yes. Not, not unless I pull out a Drew Bledsoe on you. But, <laughs> and, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm pretty sure we have the top four. And, and this was really tough to say who I'm going to have it for, but I'm going to go with John Elway, a guy that won two Super Bowls late in his career. He went to five altogether, if I'm correct, went to three prior. Was always the guy that people said couldn't win the big one. Kind of had maybe that Jim Kelly label on him, that Dan Marino label on him. He can't do it. He can't do it. He sticks around, and he's able to lead them with Terrell Davis. They have Shannon Sharp, and they're able to uh, win two straight Super Bowls. And he could have won a third straight. You know, they were going to bring back that team, but John was like, I'm done. And uh, didn't go for that, but statistically dominant. Uh, physically gifted for his time. People forget he was the lock prospect, how Andrew Luck was in 2012. That's how John Elway was. So at number four, I have John Elway. All right. Well, at number four for me, I have uh, Dak Prescott. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He just wants to get paid like he's number four. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I'm going to second you in uh, in all seriousness. John Elway uh, is number four on my list also. He finished his career with back-to-back Super Bowl titles. Um, that team was really good. Uh, one of those two years, he beat a very good Brett Favre-led Green Bay Packers team. Um, you know, and just from the from the from the get-go for John Elway, I mean, everybody knew he was going to be a star. 
Um, you know, there's never a question. Even as early as the draft day. Um, you know, and he's 148, 82, and 1 career. That's a 64% um, percentage for wins. And um, he's a time pro bowler. Uh, so, you know, just a really, really great career. I know he got beat up in some of those Super Bowls early on, but showed a lot of a lot of uh, mental toughness, I think, by battling back to win two in a row. I'm not sure if they could have won the third one in a row. I'd probably disagree with you about that. Um, that Kurt Warner uh, St. Louis Rams team was about as hot as a flamethrower in 1999. But John Elway, uh, one of the all-time greats, and he's, he's still getting the job done, uh, even as an exec for the Broncos. Well, could the Broncos have beaten Tennessee to go on to face the Rams? I, I think they could have. Well, for me at number three, I'm pretty sure after this we're probably going to agree on everything now that you have LA4. At number three, I have Peyton Manning. Uh, to me, it was really close between Peyton Manning and John Elway. Uh, I think those are interchangeable at three and four. Uh, but Peyton Manning, I, I mean, I, I think people forget we see the end of him at Denver. And kids out there, if you haven't seen a prime Peyton Manning, go look at Indianapolis Peyton Manning. Like, and people forget this, and it's no secret, Brady's number one on my... Brady's probably going to be number one for both of us. But it was a real discussion for a long time. Peyton Manning or Tom Brady? Like, Ben, that was a legitimate discussion. It was kind of like how Kobe and LeBron was a discussion. And then, you know, LeBron has goes on this 10-year run, and we're like, okay, it's LeBron over Kobe. That's similarly how Brady separated himself from Peyton. But Peyton has five... MVPs, regular season MVPs, the most ever in NFL history. He has two Super Bowls, uh, has been to, if I'm correct, four. He's been to four. And l- let's remember the ones he lost. He, he lost to a New Orleans team that was just hot at the time. And he also lost to your Seattle Seahawks, Ben. But that Seattle Seahawks team was just better than the Denver Broncos. And I think if they play each other ten times... The game goes, you know, the same. Seattle, they just had bigger, faster, and stronger athletes, and they dismantled Denver. And I also think what's impressive is the second act in Denver with the neck surgery, and then we see Peyton, and then he goes from having Reggie Wayne and guys like that in Indy to now having guys like Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker and putting up those same numbers. So Peyton Manning, great career, uh, number three on my list. Yeah, um, everything you just said, um, for the record, Peyton Manning is number three on my list, too. Uh, two-time Super Bowl champion. You know, um, I think that that last one, the defense did kind of carry them. But uh, like you said, he lost to Drew Brees. No shame in that. And that was a pretty close game. And then uh, he ran into that Seattle Seahawks team that I think is, is probably uh, the best NFL team, I would say, in the last 20 years. Um and at, it was an all-time great defense, defensive team. Uh, and he kind of got pummeled, but, you know, when I look at him, I mean, he, he really is in the conversation uh, with guys like Elway, with guys like Brady. You know, he's a five-time league MVP. Uh, for over a 10-year, in, in like an 11-year span, he won five of those MVPs. With his dominance on a whole other level, he's a four-time passing touchdown leader. And he has the uh, most touchdowns in a single season at 55, uh, 68% uh, winning record. And, uh, you know, he's just he's all around an all-time great. He faced some adversity with the neck surgery, and a lot of people thought, unfortunately, that his career would be over. Um, but I remember him coming back and playing his first game with the Broncos and they being a good Steelers team, and they did it on national TV, and he looked good. I was like, dang, this guy is back. And then I just had that feeling from that point on, he would at least win one more in Denver. Uh, he's the first uh, first quarterback, I believe, to ever uh, win a Super Bowl as a starter with two different teams. Yeah, and I think it's also important to remember, even though the blowout, 43 to 8, if I'm correct, right, Ben? That Seattle yeah. that, that Seattle Seahawks team, it was a bus saw that Sunday night. Like, Seattle would have done that to a lot of teams, right? <laughs> like, 
I think it was just one of those moments where, you know, one team was way better than the other and a couple factors went that way and it, and it's just what happens, right? But, uh, right, but Denver was uh, was putting up some kind of all-time offensive records that year. Um, you know, it, it, it was a very interesting Super Bowl because one of probably the greatest offensive teams versus one of the greatest defensive teams. That's true. Now, for me at number two, I have... Joe Cool, Joe Montana, number 16, the former GOAT quarterback until some guy, number 12, kind of took that place from him. But Michael Jordan-esque, four Super Bowls, no losses, 11 touchdowns, I believe, no picks. For crying out loud, he invented the West Coast offense, him and Bill Walsh. So much winning, so much success. Brady before Brady, basically. Uh <laughs> Joe Montana at number two. Yeah, uh, same here. No uh, excitement or surprises. Uh, Joe Montana, four-time Super Bowl champ, undefeated, no interceptions, all-time record of 117 and 47, which puts him at a really impressive 71% winning record in the NFL. Back-to-back MVPs in 89 and 90. He has the record for most postseason games with a passer rating above 100 at 12. And he also gave us the iconic moment, the catch, in the NFC Championship game against the Dallas Cowboys in 1981. Now, Ben, for me at number one, there can only be one guy. He's tormented the Bills, it seems like, for centuries. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. He's the greatest football player of all time. You can make an argument he's the greatest North American sports athlete of all time, the greatest American athlete of all time of all the four major sports, NBA, NFL, MLB, and NHL. Arguably, you can make an argument maybe he's your greatest athlete of all time, Olympics included. We can talk about soccer in Europe. Tom Brady. There's not much more to say. Uh... Six rings in the NFL, it's beyond, it's unbelievable, it's beyond impressive. We were talking a little bit about this off the air before we started the podcast today. He has two separate Hall of Fame careers, his first 10 years, his last 10 years. His first 10 years, he wins three rings, two Super Bowl MVPs, and a regular season MVP in which he throws 50 touchdown passes and is 18-0 and almost completes the greatest season in NFL history until Eli Manning decides to no-look pass it to David Tyree and the rest is history. Then after, from 2011 to 2020, what does Brady do? He wins three more rings. Where he hits the age of 40 during that time span and wins, I believe, two Super Bowl... No, he wins three. He won three Super Bowl MVPs, right? He won all three, if I'm correct, Ben. He won two, I believe Edelman won. Oh, you're right. Edelman won the last one, 2018. Excuse me. Edelman won 2018. Uh, that that game was awful with the Rams, by the way. Don't get me started, Ben. That game was an awful football game. Edelman did get MVP. But okay. three Super Bowl rings, two MVPs. He has two regular season MVPs in that time span. Playing at this age, this well at his age, is unheard of. Uh, just greatness personified. And for me, Ben, when the moment I threw up my hands and said Brady is the GOAT would be when they played the Atlanta Falcons, I'll never forget it. It's my freshman year of college. I'm sitting in my dorm room, and Atlanta's up like 28-3. to It's like midway through the third quarter, and then I see Brady. He keeps coming. He keeps coming and keeps coming, coming. And I'm just like, I have to pay deference and respect to this man. I might not like him, but I have to respect him. So Brady's my number one, Ben. You can go. Yeah, um, Tom Brady, number one for me also. Uh, six Super Bowl rings, been to nine Super Bowls. Um, we have th- three MVPs in 11 years, including the last one in 2017, which I think he won at the age of 40, which is like unheard of. Uh, four-time passing touchdown leader. And then uh, just these, these numbers here, 219 wins 64 losses in the regular season, followed up by an unheard of 
30 wins and 11 losses in the playoffs. There may never be another Tom Brady again. And, you know, like it or not, six times the champion, and I would agree with you, um, after the game against the Atlanta Falcons ended, I'm like, okay, it's time to go. Uh, there's no more disputing it. Then even if there was, he kind of came back with the team, uh, you know, beat the Rams, and that's like, okay, now there's really no disputing it. Um, so Tom Brady, well-deserved at that number one spot. Now, my question for you would be, and we've talked a little bit about this off-air as well, uh, the name that comes up in terms of who could potentially end up being the GOAT 10, 15 years from now is Patrick Mahomes, Ben. What would Patrick Mahomes have to do for you to say, let's say we talk, we're talking 15 years from now. Let's hope we have the podcast again. Ben, you come on my, you come on my podcast and we're talking about this 15 years from now. And what would Patrick Mahomes have to do in that 15 years for you to say, Daryl, he's the GOAT? I think first and foremost, he's got to win some more rings. You look at it right now, Tom Brady has six rings. If Mahomes could win five or six, I think that puts him in the discussion. Now, we know he just um, finished off his first one this year. I think also, you know, um, getting yourself to three to three or four MVP awards would be really helpful um, and some passing records. If Mahomes wins three, can you make him the goat if he has three? No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, it, it's kind of the same uh, argument. It's the LeBron Michael argument. Um, you know, a lot of people feel like that's just a crazy argument, including myself. When Jordan has, you know, twice. Uh, Mahomes is going to have to at least win five to be in the in the goat conversation. So, to you, even if Mahomes wins four. Well, I mean, if Mahomes wins four, then, then, you know, I mean, that puts him on the level of Joe Montana and Terry Bradshaw, which you know, there's, winning four is nothing to sneeze at, but, but that's not six. So, to me, to, for, so for you, Ben, Mahomes has to get the five to make it a discussion with Brady. Yeah, there has to be, it has to either be six, I would say, or five and some passing records or more MVPs than Brady has something to kind of counterbalance that other uh, Super Bowl ring that Tom would have over Okay. Interesting take, Ben. Ben, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Anytime. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And once again, I want to thank Ben Karen, host of the Sports Squabbler podcast, for coming on to this episode, the 172nd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.